welcome to Layback with Betfair. Joined by the A-Team, we're back. Hello and welcome to Layback with Betfair. What a huge weekend of sport and racing we've got coming up uh, across Australia and Got four Group 1s this week, uh, preview um, headlined by the Moya Stakes at the Valley on Friday night, three in Sydney up there, uh, Royal Randwick on Saturday. And then we'll also preview uh, a nice race at Sandown on Sunday. My name's Nick Foote. Helping me to do this is the equine genius, Liam Clancy, the Baron of Betfair, Tom Haylock. Boys, welcome along. Thanks, footy. Pleasure to be back. This is the first time we've worked together on this show. Oh, no, I know. Second, no, second. second time. I reckon you got me last time, so um, I'll be trying to fight back strongly this Good one. Good to have you, mate. <laughs> it's the first time this combination has come in, though, on layback, so I'm feeling good about this. It's um, the A-team. It is the A-team. Hey, we've got plenty of racing to talk about today, and before we get into that, we'll, of course, head to the flagship segment, which is the lay-bid. Uh, and, Tommy, what have you got for us this week? Uh, just the AFL, um, just taking down small organisations. Now, just their timing of releasing news, North Melbourne Compensation. Um, they got a couple of picks, but they just slid it under on Brownlow Day when all the eyes were on the Brownlow. No one took any notice of it. Um, the timing of their announcements are in the lay-bin. I'd argue that not anyone took any notice of it. It was filling my feed, my social media feed. Well, imagine if it was on a Thursday like or next week after the grand final. They just do it timely. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Glance. That. You can't say it. I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me ever. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, every single time you set him up for a lay-in, he always seems to go straight at you with an AFL and you're like, well, I can't say anything. Right. Yeah. It's the only time I get a sock in my mouth, really, well, isn't it? We could it? talk about the brown lay but we'll let that go through to the curtain. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, the, one, the one positive about getting to the brown low on Monday night was I didn't have to stay at home and watch Tom on a live stream talk about the Brownlow. So, Great show, though. Yeah, I'm sure you it was. Yeah, Just offer him a little gl- plug. Global and trending, <laughs> I heard. Global and trending. Uh, what do you got for us, Clance? Hey, I'm glad I came up this late because it's one of my pet bugbears every year, and that's weddings or bucks parties on big spring race days. Yep. Um, same can be said for AFL Grand Final this weekend. Um, mate told me yesterday that he's, he's, got a grand, he's got a wedding on Grand Final Day. I mean, we've now got the public holiday on the Friday. Like, if you're going to do it, choose the public holiday. And I've got a Bucks on Cox Plate Day, my favourite day of the racing of the whole year. It's at the Cox Plate, though, surely. No, it's not. Oh, oh that's disgusting. Yeah. I know. That is disgusting. I don't know about that. My mate, who's a mad racing nuff, he's got a wedding on Caulfield Cup Day in Byron Bay. He can't think of anything worse. He's yeah. Just, you won't even be able to get Sky up there. Oh, it'll be... <laughs> That's as far green from thoroughbred racing as you can get, oh, isn't it? 100%. Byron Bay. Yeah. He's absolutely yeah. filthy. <laughs> uh, I've got a bit of a racing lay-in for us today, and it's Group 1's not in quaddies. Mm-hmm. So heading to Sydney on Saturday, we've got race number six, the Group 1 flight stakes. Now, I know it's for the three-year-old fillies, and it might not be an enormous field in terms of betting, but you've got to have your Group 1 and your quaddy legs, don't you, boys? I think it's a great betting race too, so I would have loved it. I actually was keen to take the favourite on, and we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, I'd love to have a few in the quaddy in that leg, but early quaddy, maybe? I think it sits right in that. Oh, maybe, yeah. Probably the last yeah, maybe. Either way. It's last time, yeah, last time I've had an early quarter, no, <laughs> just no, quietly. As but many I'm, times I've had an even bets. I'm glad we've squeezed that. I'm glad we've squeezed that benchmark 94 in at the end of the day. Yeah, anyway, it's good, isn't the it? quaddy legs. It's very good. Um, fellas, let's head 
to the Valley on Friday night, Head, headlined by the Group 1 Moya Stakes, Wait for Age. It's uh, an exciting night at the Valley because we've got a couple of real smarties going around, don't we? Amelia's Jewel, who we talk about. I thought you were going to say attending. Yeah, well, well that too, I, that yeah. too. The Haylock foot combination, of course. <laughs> um, but we've got some really nice types floating around at the Valley on Friday. Says um, talks about us. <laughs> I'm again. very excited. Um, Tommy... It's uh, the track looks outstanding. The weather in Melbourne's fantastic this week ahead of the grand final. I'm expecting um, good four, perhaps even good three, um, rail through the entire circuit. We're going to get something leaderish or quite fair? Uh, great question. Um, firm track, you want to be uh, up and in, preferably. But last time we had the rail in this position, it was the day that Imperatrice beat Giga Kick, uh, Stapardi won up on speed. Most of the winners were up on speed, as you'd expect on a firm track. And, Tight turning track, but Imperatriz obviously came from last. So, uh, hoping it plays okay. What are your thoughts? Pretty similar. Um, I think with the tree, like generally, it's it's like the horses that Amelia's Jewel. You see them getting going at the school, getting getting going nice and early, and, and plenty of opportunity coming into the race. The sprinting races are the ones where you want to be reasonably close enough so you mm. can actually get past. Cool. Well, let's start off in race number five, the Group Two Start Stakes. Three-year-old set weights over the mile. Tijuana won the race last year, Forgot You in 2021, and Glenn Fiddick in 2020. Matt Wise here, Deadly Press looks to go forward, Verdad, Limburg. Griff can likely be prominent as well. Um, are you keen to get involved? Start with you, Clance. Not particularly keen to get involved in this race. I thought um, of the runners, I thought King of Fighters is one that went back last night. I didn't think it had to go as far back this time, so I, I would presume that uh, Frosty will probably push forward from the wide gate and actually get a bit closer. Had absolutely no luck last start. I thought we'd get a prize for this run-up, we didn't. So I'm gonna shoulder arms and let uh, let Tommy have a crack. I'm pretty bullish here, taking mm. on the lead up. Five of these come through that 1400 meter Flemington race. We saw uh, the horse that Clancy just mentioned, King of Fighters, went around at $60, $70, dollars $80 on Betfair. Um, it ran a good race, um, so, so surprise coming um, at a huge price, that was the one that was a huge price. Only 1.2 lengths separated a, a, a quite a few across the line. I'm heading that race. Happy to be against Griff, Awkward Barrier, um, and I'm keen to bring different form lines and be with the likes of Fist of Fury. Ties in through Autumn Angel, 1,500-metre um, race, better grounding for this. Um, they went really fast in that race, set up a high benchmark. Um, Autumn Angel, Soul Philly, she was okay. Not Fist of Fury is too strong late. I want to have something on Fist of Fury. And the other one's Limburg. Oliver goes on. Seems a big price. A maiden. Um, but beat Orbach Gold Billion last time. Gold Bullion, uh, who's since won again, has technical mm. speed. Maps okay. Oliver on, as I mentioned. So Tommy Tuplay backing Fist of Fury in Limburg and Lane Griff. Huge price about Limburg. Some sort of 35-41 on some of the corps at the moment on a Thursday. Uh, I'm gonna have a bet too. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna side with number four, Mojave Desert, who I was with last start. Look, still a maiden. Things didn't go his way first up at Warwick Farm when he was blocked for runs. Once out, he did run the fastest last 200 of the meeting. He then went to 1400 at Flemington. That was in the Exford Plate. Introducing in short a hot tempo was set up that day. They went some 9.1 lengths faster than the all benchmark to the 600. And a rock hard fit Griff was the beneficiary of that tempo. So. He beat Mojave Desert 1.2 lengths. Third up here for Mojave Desert, out to the mile, drawn to get a great run in transit. I reckon just about ready to peak now. Um, can turn the tables on the favourite. He's also in for Sunday, um, Mojave Desert, but um, no jockey booking, so I, sh I presume he'll go here. It was $8 into 550 that day, so mm. great mm. SP profile. Yep, good call. Um, 
Tommy? You're against the favourite, which is good. So am I. Griff? Yeah, um, yeah like 1.2 lengths behind Mojave Desert. The first five across the line, I'm happy to be against him. Yep. I think he'll drift, surely. Mm-hmm. Let's head to race six, fellas, which is the Group 2 stock stakes, four-year-olds and upwards. For the Mayors, Daisy's won it last year, so you assume, in 2021. And the beautiful Mystic <laughs> Journey here behind me, man, 2020, the pride of Tasmania. Um, Map-wise here, Deny Knowledge just looks the clear leader from one. Pride of Jenny, uh, Sione will box seat. Torrigine, um, if they go here, will likely grab the 1-1. One, one. But look, fellas, it's all about Amelia's jewel, isn't it? Um, gee, she's good, but gee, she's short. How, how do we play her in this race? Uh, I, I think she wins in the, in the most simple way possible. Uh, if she's going to get beaten by the moderate lot that this field are, with maybe a slight exception on Pride of Jenny has those, those peaks, uh, it'll be 1600 Valley if they can't get on. Uh, I've got her marked to dollar sixty, so you know currently a dollar forty. Can't take that price. Um, I think she'll be winning. Hopefully we see a bit of drift on Betfair late, and we can take the price there. But um, shouldering arms at this point um, and hoping for a drift. Mm. Can't possibly be taking a dollar thirty-five better back marker at the Valley. Yes, we'll know by now that the track her track's playing, but she beat. Life Lessons, a benchmark 78 winner, last start, and um, was beaten at a fourth and a benchmark 84 the start prior. El Patroness, coming off a 2,800-metre run, run uh, was lapped in that. Um, and she, I, I don't think the form through the lead-up is any good. She wasn't there to win, really, Amelia's Jewel. Because the way she did it um, was fantastic, and that's why she's a short price. I mean, I just can't take a back marker at this price um, around the valley. Deny knowledge has got to be in the mix. Leading, can improve third up prior to Jenny. So I'm laying Amelia's jewel. I just think she's a stupid price. And I, if she gets to $1.70, I'll back her. Mm. But $1.35, $1.40, I can't possibly have it. So a little later back. Potentially, play, yeah. Potentially. So the, the play now on the Thursday is to lay her and we'll see how we go. Yeah, I certainly can't argue with any of that. And I'm actually going to have sort of a, a one by four type play, more from a play. I think there's just enormous place value here when you look at something like a, a horse like Deny Knowledge. Now, she's obviously not the best horse in the race. Um, she brings that kamikaze style of racing almost, doesn't she, where um, she just goes hammer and tong up front at the Valley, one first up here over 1,500. They went lickety split. She went some 11.6 lengths faster than the old benchmark to the 600. One well, second up went 10 lengths faster than the old benchmark to the 600 and busted up late. So um, perhaps was in for a flat one after that first up run. Look, if there's any sign of the Valley playing leaderish um, in the early stages, then I think she just represents great value, sort of around 15 bucks, mm. close to three bucks for, to the place. You just have something small to win, but um, I think she can certainly hold on and run a drum. So that's how I'm gonna play the stock stakes. But it's all, uh, the, the racing fan in me, also hates me for that because I, <laughs> I, I love to see the best horses win. But see, that's that's the trade-off, right? Like this time of year, spring carnival comes around, you very rarely get these short price favourites. Whereas this weekend, we've got, you got Amelia's Jewel, you've got Imperatures, you've got Just Fine up in Sydney. Antino. So sometimes, yeah, Antino. Yeah. So sometimes you look around that. There's there's the punting purist side of things, but there's also like, what's the what's the smart betting place here, right? Is there two different ways to look at it? Mm. Well. Let's head to race seven now. You speak of Imperatries. The group one, Moya Stakes. Wait for age, 1,000 metres. Cool and Gatta won the race last year. Wild Ruler in 2021 and Pippi in 2020. Um, now the map, speed is on as you'd expect. Rothfire from one, Zoo Style from three. Acromantula, Asfura to settle in behind that initial lot of speed. Uncommon James gets the first look at the valley as well. Look, I've got Generation settling 
third last defence here. So th- <laughs> there has to be some sort of speed engaged. You'd think sets up beautifully. You'd think for Imperatrice, all things playing fair, Tommy. Hard to go past Imperatrice here. Um, beat most of these last start. Um, exceptional time. See Rothweiser, Style, Cremantula come through that race. Um, hard to see them turning the tables, but where else do you look? You've got Asfura um, down the bottom, very talented um, horse, 1,000 metres the query, Uncommon James, 1,000 metres the query. Both draw a little bit um, awkwardly as well, so incredibly hard to go past Imperatrice. What do you do with now, obviously, Rothfire, but the Giga Kick form as well, coming out and being injured, uh, or is injured? Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting race. I'm against Uncommon James, very much so. Um, Imperatrice picks uh, herself. I want to know why you're against Uncommon James. It's just I had him as one marked that I really wanted to follow this spring. Obviously, Oakley Plate winner. Maybe does he like the bigger tracks? How's he going to get around the valley? I'm finding that's going to be a real um, interesting point for me, how he he crabs around or if he really actually appreciates it. Where does he get to from the barrier? Does he end up fifth? Um, potentially, um, and settles behind the clump of on-speed runners drawn outside. Um, and Damien Lane obviously likes to put his horses into the race. So I just have a query, Thousand Valley. I think he's a better 1,200-meter horse, um, and that's my query. I just think they might be a bit sharp for him with bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I, I, the other query I have on Uncommon James is that he usually proves second up. Um, the first up, yes, he's won in the past because obviously he's a good horse. He was coming through the grades. But his rating suggests that he, that he actually improves on the a second one. Um, has trialled well, and it was a pretty decent trial for this, so it, probably not as fresh as he has been in previous preps. Um, but I don't think you can really step up to this Group 1 company and not be fully ready to go, like Imperatrice will be. Marked fifty, thinks she wins. Um, as Fora and Uncommon James are the two that I'm going to be laying for top two. Mm. I'm going to try and get them out of the top two, and I think Rothfire, again, similar to last start, guess Barry won this time, so it sits closer. Um, I think uh, he's probably going to be one one feel the top two. Um, the Inferno come back better by all reports, but uh, I think his opportunity to win this race was two years ago when Wild Ruler pipped him on the post. Um, and I was on the Inferno that night and I was absolutely filthy. <laughs> uh, but hopefully we'll have some better luck tomorrow night. Yeah. So was I. All right. <laughs> I'm making Imperatriz a bet. Like what she did first up was just stupid yep. good. There's been a bit, I reckon, contrary to the controversies sort of that has come out of the McEwen stakes. Like there's this narrative that. I know they went like track record. They've gone. There's this narrative that they've gone absolutely hell for leather there, but it's actually not the case. No, like, and it looked visually like they were flying. Yeah, but you go through the data and well, it lost. Well, you look yeah. at it. Like Zoo Style went 5.1 lengths faster than the all benchmark to the 600. Imperatrice actually went even. Yeah, herself. That's and all she, benchmark. That's yeah, that's class all benchmark. benchmark correct, well. and yeah. that's um, and gives you a bigger data size going all benchmark. But she came home some 14.8 lengths faster than the all benchmark for the last 600. So I'm keen on her. I think. Staying at the thousand second up with a bit more speed on, she's going to appreciate that as well. So I think that will actually play into her hands. So thirty-two eight final six hundred, mm. um, ten point eight home. Yeah, it's silly. I, th- I think she's the bet. The Inferno, um, that VRC Classic run when he got put on his uh, head, it just ruined his campaign and he's come back better. I like horses with the Queensland campaign. He's spelled up there. He's a horse that is hard to be confident with because he's a back marker and he needs firm tracks. How often are you going to win if you need firm tracks and you're a back marker and a sprinter? Uh, but he'll run better than his SP, I suggest. We've got the Cliff Brown stable representative over here. No. He spent 20 minutes talking about a 67 to 1 shot. <laughs> <laughs>
right. We'll move be on. laughing when it runs. Yeah. Things, don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to have to have that as some insurance yeah. now. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. I'll be straight on the phone. Oh, you will. Up. You'll have smoke coming out of it. <laughs> you can wave to me in the uh, mounting yard. Yeah. No, yeah. You'll be mounting all right. Uh, race number eight is the Group 3 Scarborough Stakes for the three-year-old fillies over 1,200 metres. Queen of the Ball won it last year. Um, Map-wise... Captain Teeb's form could be king here, fellas. Um, winner of the race, she's all shenanigans. Looks the likely leader from one. Uh, Ullinova, Child and Sicilian, they'll press forward. Osmar's drawn two, can be handy. Skirt the Law is the favourite here and may just find the 1-1 one, one and a great run in, in transit. Are, are we betting here, uh, Clance? I am, yes. Uh, it's, it's a very different race, the Captain Teeb's, obviously, 1,200 metres at the Valley versus Flemington. So different up the straight. I didn't think that Skirt the Law um, actually handled the straight particularly well um, for a good horse. And the other one that I'm very keen on is the New Zealander Ullanova. Um, was really well backed first start in Australia. What was 750 into 420 against Charm Stone? Obviously, fantastic form lines there. Um, failed, went back to the rail and then just dropped off. Has gone back to the jump outs trial since and, and has looked really well forward. So, at a $23 mark, I'm really happy to just trust that things didn't go right that first start and, and give another shot. Got marked around the $8 mark and Skirt the Law, keen to have a bet there as well. Um, Bossy Nick, uh, first up for the McAvoys, trialled nicely. Decent price. Um, I think she's in the race also. Um, but, yeah, the two that I'm keen to follow and keen to bet on uh, Friday night, Skirt the Law and Ullanova. Yeah, keen to... Um, just talking about the Ullanova and the New Zealand form, keen to just keep an eye on Zurium as well, who's got form around Ullanova in New Zealand and has Scary beaten. Scary horse. Yeah, beaten Ullanova. So first up may not be fully screwed down and, and raring to go, but uh, that big watch on, big watch on uh, Zurion for me, Mark, Mark Zara on board. Uh, Tommy, are you staying out of this one? Uh, it's too messy. Zurion... Is so scary that I don't really want to bet in the race. Um, you make a good point about Ulanova. Sigarflex, a fascinating horse, and even Lozago went around a big price um, against Sigarflex. I had a big opinion of Lozago at, at times and been disappointed in this campaign, but if I'm betting, it's probably Sigarflex. Um, I'll just be looking for you at 9.45 on Friday night at the Valley, mate. I want to see what condition you're in. Following the whole hand. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> From the mounting yard. Yeah. I'm having a two-bet play. I'm with, um, I'm with you on Skirt the Law. Um, following up, I went close in the Quisette. Um, the captain teams up the straight. Completely different product here. Um, like a back around the bend. Third up, steps to 1,200 for the first time this prep. I think she maps perfectly and will be hard to beat. The other one at a price I'm just going to spec as well is number nine, Osmar. Have you seen this filly? Mm. She's enormous. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just the four career starts, they've all been at 1,000 metres, and each time she steps out onto a racetrack, she improves. So um, she's won her last two starts, drawn two, Jordan Childs um, on board, may show some tactical speed. I, I think if she can handle the valley, she could be strong. Late will appreciate the rising trip and, and is a good price. So going to play both those two for a win in the uh, Scarborough Stakes, fellas. Good luck. Uh, Sandown Hillside Sunday. So we're going to... Fast forward two days before mm. we come back one day. All right, okay. so we'll stay in Victoria. You're, it's your run of the show. Yeah, it's am. your show. It's a good point. It's going to be good um, for the YouTube. Yeah, it's not going to be so good for the potties. The producer's going to have no idea what's going on. None. Uh, rail is um, plus six entire circuit. Good for. Um, we won't spend too much time on the track. Um, expect it to be relatively fair. Sandown Hillside, great racing track, great punting track. 
Race number six is the Group 3 Sandown Stakes. It's quality 1,500 metres. Um, Map-wise, boys, Torrigine, if they go that way. Hish, yeah, they're coming here. They're, they're coming they've, there? They've scratched yep. from the valley. Bang. That's why he's the equine genius. Here to shock and Golden Path um, all drawn underneath Antino. So it'll be interesting to see where he gets without having an abundance of speed. But Clance Antino's the... Uh, He's the boom horse here. Does he make amends on the last start tragedy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those that were involved in the car crash last start <laughs> will be having PTSD, but uh, uh, he'll be winning here. Uh, here to shock's the only one that slightly scares me. Has those ratings that can can challenge him, but I don't think there's just such a beautiful straight at Sandown. He's going to have so much opportunity. Shin will get him in the right spot, and the ceiling is just so high for this horse. And I can't wait to see him, him prove it on Sunday to hopefully uh, pay out all of the sick mug multis that I'll be having across the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Now, we always talk, he's short at the moment. He's about $1.75 on the corpse. We always talk price is king, exchange. What, what are we doing? What punters out there listening to lay back now, what, what are we doing with Antino? Is $1.75 a good price or are we waiting closer to jump? I'll be waiting closer to jump. I'm hoping to get $1.90 even money. Um, but having said that, if... He holds his price and he's $1.75 at the jump. I'll have no problem stepping in at that price. Yep. He's almost a horse that you, yeah, you back him at $1.75 and you back him at two ten. Yeah. Like, either way. Um, back to drift. Uh, only two horses can win. It's Antino and Hit a Shock. They're the only two. I think $1.75 is the right price for Antino. So mm-hmm. I'm staying out. Um, it's going to be a fascinating betting affair. I look forward to seeing what the market does late. But um, Antino on top from Hit a Shock? Yep. I'm backing Antino too for all the reasons we've mentioned. And I don't think... We need to prove the point any further. I think he's a star. Uh, Let's get into our next segment now, which is what caught my eye. And Tommy's—he's our international um, correspondent. (laughs) Don't know if you heard about my holidays. (laughs) This isn't quite. This isn't quite a a Malfi Coast, though, Tommy. What's uh, caught your eye this week, mate? It's not. And this—I'll just put this vision up without comment. I'm just going (laughs) to leave it here. The second horse in the white—I think it's called Real Flash. Just have a look at it. You can check it out. Going to be one of those uh, podcast history where nothing gets said for 20 seconds <laughs> as we watch the race. Well, if you're listening on Spotify, I can tell you it uh, wasn't a good watch if you back the second horse there. Uh, said without further comment. Yeah. I don't know what the Singaporean stewards are like. Can they get me? I think there's a... I think there might be a hamstring cramp there at the hundred on the hoop. There's, there's, yeah. you, know the, you know when the hammies cramp and you've really just got to give that that leg extension. It's I don't full, know. It's the full body cramp. I think you <laughs> just stopped completely. Seriously, electrolytes. Um, the lack of electrolytes mm. in Singapore, perhaps, Tommy. No, no it's, words. No nah, words I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Very good. You're um, sick if you backed it. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good call. Um, let's move on from that and hope we don't get any of those at Royal Randwick this weekend where we've got three Group 1s to preview and a, a cracking card of racing up there going head-to-head with the AFL granny. Um, not sure what you guys will be doing on Saturday. Uh, I'll be flicking between. But uh, Rail True, entire circuit, good four. Um, Tommy, expectations track-wise in Sydney? Uh, Rail True with the wind around, I think running line will be okay. I wouldn't mind. Um, don't... Um, have wide barriers is a huge negative on the day. So if you can find cover, headwind at the straights, um, I think you can get a suck run in the running line and um, it'll be okay. I, I think leading's kind of hard with the camber uh, rail through at Ramwick. So um, fair, maybe offence advantageous. 
Excellent. Are you Clancy? Yeah, I'm, I'm just in the similar mould. Those massive fields that are in the Epsom and the Metrop, you just need cover. Like you just can't mm. afford to be three, four wide no without cover. cover. Yeah. Yep. Um, before we get to those um, big fields, we will start off in. We're going to look at race two and race three quickly, which is the first time we get to see the two-year-olds step out here um, in Sydney on the weekend. We've got race two, which is the Jim Crack Stakes for the two-year-old fillies, and we've got race three, which is the Group Three Breeders' Plate for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. Tommy. Um, we'll talk about the gym crack quickly, the girls' race. First look at these ones for the season, as I said. What what, to, what do you look for? You're a trials expert. What do you look for at um, from the trials with these early two-year-olds? Is it raw ability or is it professionalism you're looking for? Obviously, ideally both, but yeah. what's, where do you sort of draw the line with these ones? A uh, combination of both. I think the map's still quite important for these early races when you're doing the form because it's – there's so many question marks. No one will actually put the effort into doing maps or trials and whatnot. Um, professionalism. A lot of these horses, Waterhouse and Bot, has seven winners and six place getters in the 12 two-year-old trials, if you don't mind. Mm. They dominated the set and they all went forward. They all look professional. They're all tough. What does that mean for the Jim Crack where they got four and the breeders, they got three in? Do they all go forward? What do they do? Is it They're all from the same stable, so they're not going to sit there and cut at each other the whole race. Mm. So the map's going to be fascinating for these two races. Um, I really look for horses through the line. Um, two-year-olds that take gaps really uh, gets an extra tick. So if they finish off and have a turn of foot and actually take a, a gap between runners, I'll give that a big tick. It's easier to jump out and lead through these trials, especially if they're fields of four or five, and then you get stuck into a field of 12 and you end up three back to fence. Mm. It's, it's much harder for these two-year-olds. Um, horses with turn of foot too. You don't see a lot of two-year-olds at these trials that show turn of foot and finish up the top of their rivals. Um, so they're the, the things I look for and it's an exciting time of year. Any of the girls jumped out at you across those trials? Are you going There's to always be... girls that jump out at me. Um, <laughs> Shit, it's not reciprocal, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, any, uh, <laughs> any that you might have a bet on in Sydney on Saturday Oh, time. sorry, you're talking about the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Waterhouse a bot with four. Um, as I said, the speed map's going to be fascinating. We've got Lady Camelot, who's favourite. James McDonald, who wasn't riding in that trial set, just says, see you later, I'm on this horse. Mm. Um, settled outside lead in her trial, showed typical speed. Um, won that really well. Good trial, professional type. Um, nice type, style of horse. they got Celestial Bling, Alan Aline, uh, and Lady Tassort, who was good as well. They all trialled quite nicely. Um, again, I don't know what they do with them all being front runners. Um, with that, I think Invincible Madison was one of the picks of the trials uh, on that morning. Um, and she's she set up behind the lead there, which is a huge tick for me. She settles probably behind the lead in this race as well. She finished off really nicely. She's a $1.2 million filly, really well bred. Love the way she lengthened. She's a better price than Lady Camelot and Lady Tassort, and I'm happy to be with her. Mm -hmm. The other one that is of huge interest is Erno's Cube. Now, I know that the owners love um, the jockey, uh, Johnny Allen. Uh, I think Invincible, not Invincible, um, Explosive Jack. Um, mm -hmm. John Allen rode this horse really well. They flew him up to Sydney to ride this two-year-old filly for one ride at the trial set at Kensington, and he's back here on board. I have a feeling this goes quite nice. He was given a very soft time of it in that trial. I'm scared of this horse. So I'm having something, I've had something at $11 Erno's Cube and Invincible Madison uh, on top for me. I just think she can finish over the top of the the Waterhouse bot hair or trio or mm. whoever's up front there. 
good insight. 16 into 10, who knows cube early. So obviously I missed the 16s. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the, the Waterhouse bot MO is instilled very early, isn't it? Take fit horses that lead to the races and... You know, it's, it's incredible performance. Yeah, it's it's quite bomb-proof too, isn't it? Like from a punting perspective, you get every chance, don't you? Hey, just quickly, we'll touch on the breeders' plate as well for the boys. Um, and any any catcher eye from the trials ahead of their uh, debuts. So, um, importantly, the boys, I thought, were better than the fillies in that two-year-old Kensington set. I thought that they were much better. They were led by Scampi, incredibly impressive trial. Yeah. Um, 750000 Magic Millions purchase, great speed, professional. I love the balance, one by a margin. He um, is an expensive yearling by Blue Point. I think he's the second ex- most expensive Blue Point. Um, half to Similion, who was a nice horse as well. Very short here, but does look the horse to beat. The other one, like, oh, everyone was raving about how good Scampi was that morning. And then a horse called Volatile came out in the last trial and came from last, and he's a $550,000 Magic Millions purchase. He showed a turn of four. If they put pressure on up front, Scampi maps okay probably behind the lead, but Volatile will be charging late. McDonald says, thank you very much. I'm jumping on this horse, and I think one of those two will win. A little edge in the market at the moment. Just quickly, sorry, Clint, to jump in. Just before we round out these two-year-olds, just how much does the yard and the market late come into play with these two-year-olds first day at the races? Yard's fascinating, so I've got to go up there that will send me the yard late. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. The market, I don't pay a huge amount of attention to. If, it, if something's significantly firming, I will then pay attention, but I think a lot of wealthy owners and first time and exciting and a few whispers. You often see, I'd, like we look at Two-year-old racing, I don't take SP profiles into a huge amount of consideration at two. If they're getting to three and four and they're still short prices, then I'll take it more into market. But um, interestingly, they the stable produced Cool and Gatter this time last year. I know Philly, but Scampi, very similar price. And obviously Cool and Gatter was a star, so mm-hmm. it was a star. I'm just fascinated to see, obviously, like well-exposed horses, well-exposed fields, it's reasonably easy to price up a race because you've got mm. the ratings behind all yep. of them. With a first starting group like this, how do you go about a price that you're willing to take? Is it is it the matter of finding the best horse and taking any price, or is there some? Will you try and actually put a price on each runner? Yeah, it's hard. It's more on feel for me in these races. Um, I'm surprised like they don't miss the horses that stand out at the trials. So. You can often find a little edge, but often the, the horses that trial the best do win these races. So yeah. uh, they might be short. As I said, Colin Gatto a couple of years ago came out and was a dollar sixty, and she gave him Winburn. Um, Scampy's had a bit of a, a whisper about for a while, even before that trial, and um, he looks pretty smart. But even Colin Gatto, I reckon that day was like four dollars in three fifty or something, and you're taking that price rather than you know red money here. No, it was Colin Gatto was very short. She was dollar sixty in the in the. Jim Crack. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's a two-year-old. Yeah, she was, absolutely. She was incredibly well-backed and, yeah. Love I think to, she opened 210. And love to talk to juveniles all day, Tom. He's, 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 got, he's <sighs> really... Yeah, he gets wound up at this time of year, but it's group one time, race six, group one flight stakes for the three-year-old fillies, set weights over a mile, and Zoo Gotcha beat home She's Extreme and North Star Lass last year. Uh, how are we seeing this one, Clance, map-wise as well? Yeah, interesting one. Um, you know... Tropical Squall goes to the front once again. Um, out to the mile probably doesn't suit that horse as much as the 1200 and the 1400 in the lead-ups. 
Tiz Invincible continues to take that step. I think we're all pretty keen to to take her on in the early days, but she just continues to, to run through the line and get better. Um, slight query on whether she's continued to just have the best run in the race. Contrary to popular opinion, I reckon she didn't have the, the best run last start. She got balked a couple of times, but is strong enough to take those gaps and you just love to see that in a horse. Couldn't take the current price on offer for the fave um, out of the wider barrier, probably won't get as good a run this time. The one that I'm keen to back early Thursday is Molly Nickers for Moody. Um, she's just got an incredible stride length, this horse. Uh, fell out the gates last start, which is obviously a bit of a query, but Jamie Carr goes on, always always like quite content at getting these horses out well. Um, hard to beat, I think $9 into $7.50 currently. Still think that's a great price, happy to take that. And we'll be having a BSP bet on Tis Invincible late. Um, Molly Nickers was 30-odd, I think, on Sunday. Unfortunately, I didn't take any. Um, yeah, I'm still filthy Tis Invincible didn't win the Percy Sykes. Um, I think she's a star, and I always thought she was a star since her first trial. And then she was out in the car park in the Black Opal, um, and then second in the Percy Sykes when I was on at 60s, I think, or something like that. So Perfect. still filthy, but I've made some money back. Um, I'm against her at the price on Saturday. She's kept stepping up. She's the class filly. She keeps winning. I thought she had a really good run in transit last start and the start prior. Now she's got to go Barry 2 to Barry 13. Different story. Kamochi draws well. Um, I, I'm disappointed that J-Max found unique ambition here because it means I'm not getting $20. I'm getting 11s. Um, no luck last start whatsoever. This is a stable that loves at a three-odd filly win uh, on Sunday at Flemington. Does such a good job with the three-year-old fillies, John Sargent. J-Mac on. Um, had no luck. Blinkers on, third up, mile for a stable that gets fillies staying. Um, big watch on Unique Ambition. Turtle Avita, another one. Walla wide barrier to inside barrier. So it goes out to in. K-Mac to Joe um, or Zhao or um, the Magic Man. Eight eight, fastest 800, 600 and 400 in the T-Row. So... Um, Got the flashing light on Turtle Aveda and Molly Nick is the other one. So I'm going against the Tis Invincible Komochi um, T-Rose form and or form, the, the two fancies there, and looking outside the box a little bit. You laying Tis Invincible? Uh, I could at the price, but she's scary and she's a winner, so I don't really want to be too hard against her. Yep. No, I'm with I'm two bets here. I'm with you, Clance. Tis Invincible. I right, she's been hands down. That best filly in Sydney thus far, particularly unbeaten this prep. Bomb-proof, yes, drawn 13, puts herself into races. Good horses take their opportunities, and she's been strong late. And then Molly Nickers, we didn't talk about the setup as much, I reckon, with her. So one impressively first up at 1,400, five weeks between runs, tackled the Atlantic Jewel over 1,200, got got well back early stages, savaged the line behind Charmstone. That was a great run. Yeah, yeah. great run. I'm excited to see her back out. Um, on a bigger track, I had it marked as a thousand guineas type in November out of that run. So lobs here over, over the mile, they're confident. She obviously um, gets that coming from twelve hundred. So keen for a two bet play there. Um, yeah, and profit if both if either get up. So um, let's head to race seven, which is the Group Two Premier Stakes. Wait for age twelve hundred meters. Lost and running. Beat home Marzu and Mars Crusader last year. Um, what do you boys make of this race? Is this the last chance saloon? Is this the for the Everest aspirants? It's really interesting because think about it, Scotty Slot. Um, he's here first up, 1,200, one nine out of 10. Um, 
that's the first starting point in the race. You work out whether you want to be with him at even money or don't want to be with him. Who on earth leads? Um, Cote is a wet track, slow leader. He's got, like, if he's leading, there's, they're going slowly. Hawaii 5.0 might kick up, firm track. There's not a lot of speed over 1,200. Um, Clancy, before I go any further, are you, you with Think About It or are you? Against Think About It, uh, especially yep. at the price. Couldn't yep. possibly entertain that. You've already touched on it earlier, but... Um, Already got the grand final in mind, got the ticket. How, how this horse is like, obviously, it's a winner, right? Like, mm. of course, but $4 in an Everest when peak ratings are over the 1,400, Pretty incredible. But um, I think Remark win. Uh, I, I think Remark jumps to the front here because, as you said, yep. real lack of pace. Last start had overpass to contend with it at the front, which obviously real speedster. Don't have that here. Like, Real speedster, but they went incredibly slowly in that lead up. Mm. Mm. And I thought, I, I don't mind the remark thinking, I thought he was, him and probably Hawaii Five O were out-sprinted mm. there because they just, they went so slowly. I think um, 14 lengths slower than class benchmark to the 600, yeah. if you don't mind. So they've mm. absolutely walked. The seven horses broke 11 seconds home and they all ran the fastest final 200 metres of the day, those seven. So. And you go back two back with remark, the way that Tyler Schiller rode him in the Concord yes. to win from the wide barrier. Yep. And obviously everyone's going to say 1,200 metres is the query, and, and I, I agree, yep. I think it is, but I don't think, as we touched on, I don't think it's going to be a really incredibly hard run, 1,200. Gets to the front, finds the fence, could be tough to run down it. I think it's still getting 25 to 1 about this horse, and I think that's just too big. Um, that'll come in. I've got him marked, I've got him marked 9.80, so just under uh, $10. So. Happy to go there. The lay in the race for me is is uh, this alcohol free. Obviously, very talented. Best ratings all out over this over the mile. Um, first up over the twelve hundred. I'm quite happy to take on the place there. Um, Three dollars a place. Keen to lay there, even with Jow, Joe, Magic Man on board. Um, one I'm keen to uh, have a small play on. Bella Nipatina um, at the I think five fifty at the moment. Yep. I think she'll be hard to beat and and sets up really nicely, but. Um, we'll lay think about it. Uh, we'll lay alcohol free the place and small bets remark and Bella Nipatina. Lots of angles there, Clance. I like it. I was going to say, if you like remark, you've got to like Bella Nipatina. It was fantastic in mind, remark. First up, four weeks, almost a month between runs now, up to 1,200 metres. We're in the fastest 200 of the day, um, first up. Um, better at 12 than remark. So I, I'm glad you mentioned Bella. Zapatio. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't been spoken about in Everest plans. Um, I know they've got two in the race, but they had a slot and they put in secret in and the, the three-year-old cylinder. Um, Sunshine in Paris, obviously a dominant win, but she was, a few people were good judges were thinking she was a chance in an Everest. This horse was good in behind. Espiona um, ran the Quinella there, Zapatio third. Espiona came out and won like far lap last weekend. The form stacks up. Um, McDonald goes on, barrier three, gets every chance. If I'm playing, I will probably have Bella Nipatina and Zapatero right in the thick of things. There's more angles in this oh, race lots of than angles. a dodecahedron, isn't there? <laughs> right? You folks are just singing them out everywhere. Uh, and for that reason, it's hard to get the favourite down to $2. And, and now I'm going to bring in a, a new angle. Ooh. And that is uh, number one, lost and running. So I'm just... He's put, one I can't have. I'm putting a complete line mm. through his first up performance. Caught three and four wide, no cover Does throughout. Does he want to be a horse? Is he with us? Well, you're getting $19 here to find out. Mm. So I was keen first up. Well, 11 mm. into 8 first up off a nice trial. Mm. Um, you know, I think he's just going better than the market suggests. Draw, and the key here is draws one, gets Jamie Carr on board, 
think can take enormous improvement, is going to get to actually relax in transit here. It was just a complete pen job last time and you're getting $19 about a horse who's, you know, if they're ever going to put their hand up to get an Everest slot, it's here. If they went a bit quicker in that race, I would have been more forgiving. Mm. But the fact he was wired off a really slow tempo, I'm, I just wanted to see him be a bit stronger late. Yeah, he. I thought he had every right to retire. To not retire. retire. <laughs> <laughs> he probably retired should have retired. I might. I might be saying. I might be saying that after race seven on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I thought he had every right to tire, given how wide mm. he was. Um, I mean, follows the same um, plan as last preparation, where ran third in the shorts into winning this race. Now different setup that day um, in the shorts last year to, to what yeah. happened here. So I think can take enormous improvement second up and, yeah, big price to find out. But, um, yeah. yeah. Heavy eight as well last year. I reckon probably just the data would suggest it goes a little bit better with a bit of chopping ground. Not a bad call. Uh, race eight, boys, is the group one Epsom handicap over the mile. Uh, top ranked in Ellsberg, dead heated this last year and um, hopefully... Well, I'm not having a bet in this race, but I, I found I found this quite challenging to dissect here. So, uh, who we got? Radina going global, Nugget converge. They look the likely speed influences. You guys spoke about it at the top in terms of the need to get cover, the need to get a good run in transit to to put yourself in the finish in this race. Um, how are you guys playing it? <laughs> Dartboard job, um, throwing darts at the board. See what sticks. The, what I will do in this race is I'm going to wait until they jump, um, see where they settle, and then I'll be playing the exchange in play. Um, looking for horses in the second, third, fourth pairs with cover. Um, I've got, um, for, for exposure, I've got the inevitable favourite um, around about $10. So that tells you how difficult the race is. Um, <laughs> How's Clancy's market? That is outstanding. Well, it's about right, too. Yeah. Yeah, Nugget's yep. the one I wanted to find. Yep. Um, but he's drawn 18. He just makes it so difficult. If, if Nugget or Alentia find a back, they're probably the two I'll be looking uh, looking to back in the run. Um, but, geez, they just need some luck from where they are. Waterford's another. Um, has come through well after the gilding operation, but not keen to get involved with, in this one whatsoever. With all this talk of jockey bookings, the Williams, Orman, I, I find it fascinating that they've put David Perez on the inevitable <laughs> in this group one. Ryan Maloney rode last start and the inevitable was outstanding first start, fastest last 200 of the meeting. It's not a pot job, but one ride for the day in a group one when you're catching the spirit of Tassie over. It's a, it's a, it's a, really, it's a really big you're goal. You're seasick, mate. <laughs> you've, seen the, you've, seen, you've seen the prices of flights, John? <laughs> I, reckon he's got, I reckon he's got a cinema seat on the spirit. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I found that fascinating um, that the stable w would do that when I'd imagine there'd be a host of good jockeys putting their hand up to ride a pretty big chance in a group one. Good on them. I think it might backfire. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Group 1 jockeys win Group 1 races. Um, yep. And Group 1 trainers win Group 1 races. Um, so I uh, agree he's flying is a great horse, but I'm happy to risk. Um, I, double job, if I'm focusing on two horses, hope in your heart, what a mare she is. She won a Tibby, an Angst, fourth in a Golden Eagle, second in a Gong, won a Guy Walter, fourth in a Coolmore, fourth in a Doncaster, and second in Queen of the Turf. 
She's a, probably still underrated. Um, the market's starting to learn that she rarely runs a bad race. Um, she was fantastic last start in the tramway. Fastest final four on tour of the race, ran 11-3 home, fourth fastest final two hundred metres of the day. Absolutely love her. Blinkers on first time's interesting. She trolled the other day in them, so um, that gives me a bit more confidence that the got off and said, happy with them. Um, what do they do from 10? Oh, that's, just, do. that's fine. Uh, yeah. That's fine. She'll be midfield with cover. Um, like that barrier. Has to be a strong winning chance. I've got her on top. Waterford, scary horse. Given a barrier trial last week. They weren't there to win. And draws barrier 20, but um, gets a good jockey on board. Been good since gelding. Been more professional. Found the line really nicely. Sectional between the eight and the, so the six and the four. Ten, eight last start. Ten, eight, four. Mm-hmm. Um, fastest sectional of the program between that split. So... Worked hard to get in the race was Barrow Troll. Bit better grounding than a few of these at a 14 to 600. Now it's on the back up 15. Just needs to find a back uh, at a price I could spec him as well. Wouldn't dismiss Kovalika either. You could make a case for mentioned angles last time. I could, yeah, true. You could 30. say 10 or 15 horses here and I probably wouldn't well, talk you about it. I just mentioned that because we spoke about Kovalika and Clance and I made him lay of the day. Yeah, last time in it kicking off over 1,300. So second up to 1,600. We knew that he was there for that first up run, heading into something like this. So again, it's too open for me. It's too open for you and it's too open for you. So we're going to shoulder arms. Tom's got about 80 angles. Maybe follow Tom. Open your heart. Why on topper? Okay, he's on topper. There you go. Um, Race number nine, the group one, James Squire Metropolitan. Just g'day, James, if you want to feel the boys' fridge for... um, Way back here over spring. <laughs> so in a handicap conditions over 2,400 metres. Good pace in this race. Knight's Order, Just Fine, Spirit Ridge, Military Mission. Benno will be prominent from one as well. Um, it's all about Just Fine though, isn't it, fellas? Um, all the rage here. Pretty easy to see why. He's hit the ground running in Australia. Gets him well at the weights. Drops five kilos off that win in a Kingston town. And he's getting weight off those that he beat as well. So... It's hard to make a case against him. Um, I'm staying out. He's quite short. What are you guys doing? I don't usually like 2,400-meter races, um, but this is almost my best of the day. Um, and you're getting about $25. Number three, Cleveland. Um, you go through this race, not many have 2,400-meter grounding. Not many have really strong 2,400-meter stats. It's a horse that ran in a Group 1 Tancred last start, was the run of the race, and subsequently went out in a Sydney Cup at a SP of $4.00. Start a favourite there. He's one horse that will relish the 2,400 metres. He's got the SP profile. He was the shortest from the lead up. He was sent back there in what was a barrier trial. They're in the fastest 200 metres of the lead up. Gets blinkers on. If they work, he is a massive price, Cleveland, and I'm very bullish he'll run well. I like that angle. Yeah, got him marked $14. Uh, so well and truly in there. Carla Paul is the other one at a bit of value. Uh, Newcastle Cup last start. Absolutely horrid run. Great SP profile out of that. I think he's, he's the other bit of value here. Um, the favourite I have marked well and truly ahead of everyone else. What um, price? I've got him marked two fifty yep. in currently dollar seventy five, and then Carla Poor twelve dollars. I reckon so you'll get close to two fifty on that fair late. Um, I just think he's a bit of a freak. Um, you, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with Adam Hieronymus on Knight's Order here. Knight's Order and King Frankel both said we're going to go hell for leather. See if you can stick with us. Last start. They're still finishing with, with the ambulance and just fine goes on and wins by a couple of lengths. Pretty easy. So very impressive there. Uh, as you correctly point out, down to 50 kilos here. 
I don't know how, how they suggest that he won't get the 2400. I think he'll eat it up. I think he'll win the race. But a perfect uh, later back proposition. Um, lay at the dollar $75, $80. And then back, hopefully, 6 to 4 late in the race. But um, anything in, in black figures, I'll probably take late after I've, I've taken the early lay. And Carla Porter place. 450, um, and certainly would not be talking anyone out of following you in for Cleveland as well. I think they're the they're the three I'll be taking in the rest. I could follow you both in. I'll particularly follow the Baron of Betfair, and if he's offering you 250, about the favourite right now. So oh, I think it has to start with two in front of it. Yeah, we'll wait. Clancy agrees. He's laying in, laying now, he, and backing it late. He's the equine genius. Mm. That rounds out Royal Randwick. Um, three tracks for us today. That's. That's groundbreaking. Uh, let's head now to our Take On Me segment where Jackson Oldham joins us and this is what he's doing this week. Uh, take On Me this week, what a massive weekend it is of sport and racing and uh, I'm going to wait until the last possible moment for my way this week. We're going to Sandown on Sunday and we're going to the last race, race eight, number 16, what a deal for uh, Stokes and JB Carr. This horse has plenty of ability uh, and ran really, really well with a short SP in a benchmark 84 last start. And we're in a benchmark 84 again. But I think there's two horses here in Rheinberg and St. Lawrence who are going to be on speed and they're better horses than uh, benchmark 84 grade. Especially Rheinberg, I think he's over the odds. And uh, what a deal. We'll, be, we'll have, probably have to go back from that wide gate and be conceding them too big of a start. Uh, on a day where I expect uh, on, on speed horses to be pretty heavily favoured. So I think the 650 is the average odds around. I'm going to put up $408 on Betfair. Uh, that's Sandown Race 8, number 16. What a deal. Thanks for that, Jacko. All the best on the weekend. Uh, boys, it's time now for our unit plays for the weekend. How we're going to attack it. Uh, I've got a few units up my sleeve to play with this weekend across the three tracks, boys. Uh, but we'll start with you, Tommy. How are you playing this weekend? How's your head wobble? Uh, very tough day for me. I'm not really bullish. There's a lot of short price favourites that I've actually got marked longer than the market. So um, playing a bit of a straight bat. Uh, Mooney Valley Friday night, race five, stud stakes, Fist of Fury, 0.75 unit win, and Limburg saving 20, uh, 0.25 unit win on that. Uh, let's get to Ramwick Race 2, Invincible Madison, one unit win. Erno's Cube, 0.25 unit win. Uh, the Epsom, I'll probably back Hope in Your Heart. Um, and Waterford, um, at the moment, I've got half a unit on Hope in Your Heart and 0.25 Waterford. My player of the day, um, my biggest staking of the day is Race 9 at Ramwick, the Metropolitan. Race 9, number 3, Cleveland, 0.75 unit win at the, I think you get about $28 on Betfair. Uh, 0.75 unit win, 1.25 unit place on okay. him. And your lay bets? Lay bets. Uh, the stat stakes, as I mentioned, I'm keen on two and nine. I'm laying Griff from the white barrier to lose uh, liability of two units. And I'm laying Amelia's jaw at the price, um, just a half unit liability. I think she's too short. If she gets out a bit, I could back her, but she's clearly on top mm -hmm. in price. Equine. I would like to see Tommy in the mounting yard if he gets Amelia's <laughs> jewel beat on Friday night. He'll be, he'll be doing circles. some footage of me. There'll footage. be some mixed emotions at the Valley, I would imagine, if Not for Tommy's, me. It's all the... Tommy's death riding one of our Australia's racing it's great like, It's like laying the Matildas. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> Um, Which yes. I also did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all about it's it. It's going to be the first walk-off. <laughs> uh, we're going to go straight to the Group 1 Moyer, uh, Imperatriz, uh, world-class ratings, one and a half units, the win there. 
We're going to go to the Scarborough, Skirt the Law, one unit, all and over the New Zealand horse, half a unit, keen to get that big price one home. Sunday, uh, Sunday at Sandown, Antino, three units, um, make up for that car crash last start. I think that's just a win. And then we're going to go to Sydney Flight Stakes, Group 1, Tis Invincible, one unit to save for two big units on Molly Nickers to come storming down the outside. The Premier, the Sprint, Remark, 0.25 units, the big price. We're going to hope to get a bit of a result there going to the front. Um, we're going to lay, think about it, um, the shorty for one and a half units of liability. And then we're going to go to Mooney Valley Race 2, Friday night, uh, off-Broadway. Uh, Brave Mead is the horse, one unit. We're going to go there. I think it's ready to win. Armed Forces, the one danger in the race, but I think Brave Mead peak rating at Mooney Valley, keen to follow. Love that from you, Equine. Uh, I'm following you in Mooney Valley Race 2, Brave Mead. I'm having two units to win. I agree. I think certainly ready to win. Uh, we'll then head to the Start Stakes, Mooney Valley Race 5, Mojave Desert, 0.25 units the win, 0.75 units the place. In the stock stakes, I'm going with Deny Knowledge, number two, 0.25 units to win, one unit to place. Um, the Moyes, I think this is my biggest outlay thus far on the show, 2.5 units to win Imperatres in the group one. Uh, in the Scarborough, I'm going to have a two, Tommy Tubet here, Skirt the Law, 0.7 units the win, Osmar, 0.3 units the win. Uh, Sandown on Sunday in race number four, I've got number eight, Moesha, one unit the win for the Coleman Moody team. I think she's a filly going places. Uh, then in race number six, the Sandown Stakes, I've got Antino, two units to win. Uh, heading up to Sydney, flight stakes, number one, Tis Invincible, one unit to win. Molly Nickers, 0.5 units to win. In the Premier, siding with Lost and Running for a little bit of a form turnaround there, 0.25 units to win, 0.75 units the place. That's how I'm playing this weekend, fellas. Good luck. Big day. Big weekend. It is a big weekend. It's um, it's exciting though, isn't it? Uh, you guys going to the game Can on I get Saturday? some footage of you on Monday? You're going to be awful. <laughs> You've got a big weekend coming up. Yeah. Oh, I'd actually prefer to see some footage of him last Monday after the Brownlow. I heard he put on quite a show. Last Tuesday morning, yes. Yeah. It, was, yes. Um, it was not good. Um, <laughs> it was not good, but we had fun. Uh, all the best this weekend. Um, listeners, viewers, all the best this weekend. Having a bet across the three states. Good luck to your footy team if you're still involved. And we'll be back next week on Layback with Betfair. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.